0: If you're watching online, we wish you'd be here, but anyway, good Friday, right? TJIF. anybody know? Do people still say that today? Thank God it's Friday. Amen. TJIF. there's a restaurant named TJIF, but it's, it's, I don't know if it's a Christian business. I once thought it was, it has God in it, right? So if it has God in it, it has to be a Christian business, but anyway, right? You guys have been on summer vacation. It's it's coming near to an end. Are you guys excited about that? You got a little less than a month, right? How many are going back the second week of August? Raise your hand if you're going back the second week of August. Oh, I know you are, love. Going back. Anybody else? Anybody else? Astrid, there you go. Any other S.U.Mmers going back in uh, in less than a month? Oh, Legacy. Well, some of the, we still got S.U.Mmers here, right? No. Still got one SUM right, Any any high school students going back to school in less than a month? Grammar school students. We got Bree. You coming? You don't even know when you're going back. You're not worried about that. Don't be, don't, don't matter, don't matter, don't matter. It's all good. But anyway, I hope this sermon series has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. We have been in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. And last week we went over peacekeepers, right? Blessed are the peacekeepers. For they will be called children of God. And we learned just what that meant. And then we also learned about blessed are the pure, blessed are the merciful. Uh, blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. Matter of fact, let's just get that passage up there. Go to Matthew chapter 5. I already said that. I was going to read this every week. So might as well start now. On um, Verse 3, okay, we're going to count down. Once TJ gets there, we're going to count down on the, on, the, on the count of three, okay? Not four, not five. Three, we're all gonna start reading. Okay, so what number are we gonna start reading? Three. three, right? Three is a good number. It's my second favorite number. If I ever ask you to give me a number between one and ten, it's always seven, and then it may be three. Maybe three. Trust me, you guys will always forget this. But on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're good. You're good. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. Give yourself a hand clap. I love the passion. You guys almost sound like children of the corn. Almost sound like cultish a little bit. Love the passion. Love it. All right. But anyway, right, we've been reading this verse. We've been reading these passages. I encourage you guys to memorize this passage, to memorize this, and to see, try to see your life in it. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, blessed are the persecuted. Everybody say persecuted. So when we look to verse 10 and 11, it reads like this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there's, a, there's some stuff we need to unpack here. First and foremost, uh, what does it mean to be persecuted, okay? Uh, persecution for Christians is something that you always hear about when you're in church. When you grow up in church, matter of fact, my mama told me growing up, I was like six or seven years old. She showed me this one video of like some people getting raptured or whatever, and said, like, if anyone points a gun at you and says, deny Christ, or I'm gonna shoot you, you know what? You never deny Christ, okay? Because he can save you. Don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill both body and soul and send you to hell. So I remember like when I was like six years old, I was hearing that Josie can relate, probably. Bethany can relate. You guys ever heard that before when you're a little AJ can relate? How many of you have heard that growing up, right? But if you haven't heard that growing up in church, it seems a little bit weird. Then there's people that have grown up in church and have heard it so much that it almost seems fake to them. It almost seems like some make-believe stuff. It almost seems like the monster under your closet, or in your closet or the, the monster under your bed, right? Anybody used to think there was a monster in your closet before? I did one time because, and this is why my kids will never have anyone sleep over or I'll never let them sleep over at other kids' house. Because my cousin slept over my house and started to tell me things like there's a monster in your closet. And I began to debate him. I began, I'm like, no, there's no monster in my closet. I checked. I know it's in my closet. There's a long sleeve sweater. But he was so convincing. He was good at arguing. And I lost that argument. And, and for a couple nights until my mom yelled at me and said, there's no monster in the closet. Stop acting crazy. Uh, I thought there was a monster in my closet. Okay, so a lot of people kind of see persecution in America as the monster in your closet. It's like people just say it's there, but it's not there. However, we're Americans, right? So, Americans, you know, we kind of make things a little bit more complicated. In other countries right now, they're facing what is indeed, no doubt about it. Persecution. When we look at China, churches are being shut down. Matter of fact, a lot of that is religious persecution. Muslims are being persecuted. Christians are being persecuted. Then you go to uh, countries like in Africa, like Ghana. uh, I wouldn't say Uganda Uganda or Ghana, but there are countries in Africa. I don't know why it's slipping my mind. Which Nigeria? Yep, Nigeria is going through it, where Christians are literally being killed. Then in Pakistan, Christians are being killed as well. You go to other countries in uh, the Middle East. For example, man, which one? Doran was just telling me about this. Uh, I think Saudi Arabia, you're not allowed to be a Christian. Um, if you if you do preach, you will be put in jail. So understand that persecution is happening in countries other than America. And here's the thing, is that if Americans don't wake up to what is coming their way, they're going to fall away. Everybody say fall away. That means they're going to fade away from the Lord, not fade away like Kobe, Uh He's not here anymore. Fade away like Giannis. There you go. Fade away like Giannis, right? We're not going to talk ill of the dead, right? Giannis, fade away. Anybody have seen the, the championship, Bucks? That's right. No one watches basketball here? You're rooting for the Suns, though, so sorry. But, right, when you fade away from the Lord, it's not a, something that just happens right away. It's a slow descent. It's a slow descent. It's a slow fading away. It's a slow falling away. Uh, Things begin to choke you out. You begin to get burnt up using words that Jesus used. But anyway, uh, for for persecution, you hear about it all the time growing up, that it becomes to seem fake. And and when you see things that look like persecution in this Western world, like, um, like North America, even Canada, you begin to scoff at it. That's not persecution. That person deserved it. That person was a jerk. That person deserved it. So they say, man, you guys aren't being persecuted. These countries are being persecuted. You guys are right here. You guys are soft Americans, silly Americans. You guys are privileged. You guys don't know what you're talking about. You guys aren't persecuted. Yet, whatever people are saying, we're going to get into it today, as what persecution is, but Christ and his words are still true. Blessed are the persecuted. Everybody say, blessed are the persecuted. So the persecuted are blessed. Why? Why are they blessed according to this? Well, when we look at the Beatitudes, we already see that there's an a, there's a announcement. There's a proclamation. These people are blessed. But there's also a reality and a promise attached to it. It's something that's experienced now and will be experienced greater later. So these people are blessed for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They have the kingdom of heaven now. Jesus said, don't look here nor there or anywhere for the kingdom of heaven, for the kingdom of heaven is within you. Everybody say, within you. Now, a lot of new age people try to twist that and be like, bro, we're all just the kingdom. You know, and they try to say stuff like that. We're all gods, bro. Bro, just do some acid. I had some dude literally just stare me in the eyes like crazy, like, you got to do a lot of acid, man. And I was like, bro, you need to repent. Like, back up, bro. Like, so a lot of people like to twist this, but if you're a believer of Jesus, know that the kingdom of God has come in you. It's in you. It's not, it's not at the church. It's not at the mosque. It's not at, you know, uh, your grandma's house. It's, it's in you, right? So the kingdom of God is in you. These proclamations of blessings are, are now even more connected with this last passage because if you look at it, You're poor and you're blessed in spirit, right? You're poor, you're blessed in spirit. Because you're poor, you do have less access, right? You have less of influence, less affluence, less resources. You mourn now because of what's happening in your life, the sorrows in your life. But then also you look at the world. You mourn for the sorrow in the world. Blessed are those who mourn. Then you're meek. You don't have much to do about it. You're humble. You're not that important to be able to change everything in the world. So blessed are the meek. Then there's the inability to, uh, there's the ability that creates now a longing. You want to see things change, but you can't. There's a hunger. There's a thirst. Then after the hungering and the thirsting, right, you begin to take action. But that action is shown through your mercy, not through vengeance. So now, right, you, you don't, uh, you don't, try to take advantage or get or do things to 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 uh, usurp people or assert yourself in a certain way but you do this out of the purity of your heart you do it because of jesus now with this you strive for peace because you put yourself at that low state like jesus you strive for peace making peace wherever there is no peace and you do this even if you are persecuted You see, there is a connection with these verses. These verses are not just random things, but Jesus is telling us about who he is, what he's done, and who we are and what we'll do. So there's a promise according to this that that we'll get the kingdom of heaven, right? If if you're persecuted, you're blessed. You will own the kingdom of heaven. Not own it like you'll be Jesus, okay? But it'll be yours. It'll belong to you. Kind of like this. You know, uh, when I was younger, when people came to my house and they made me angry, I kind of said, "Get out my house." Anybody ever done that before? No one has ever said that before. You said that. Hey, yeah, come on. How many of you ever said, "You don't own your house, right? You don't even pay rent." But when someone makes you mad in your house, you tell them, "Get out the house, right? Get out my house." Like, what? what? Who do you think this is? My house. Get out, right? Anybody ever done that? Come on. Don't lie. Thank you. Thank you for not lying, right? You know you've dropped that. It ain't your house. You ain't paying rent. You do not pay no bills. You say, get out of my house. Now, if you do pay rent and bills, you know, you do kind of have a right to say that. But it's not yours. But who owns it? Your parents. So if your parents own it, you own it. That's your thinking. It, it, this is similar thinking in the kingdom of God. Jesus, he's the king. As the king, he is sharing his kingdom with us. So, understand that, that we are blessed for righteousness. We are, we are blessed when we're persecuted for righteousness. It's an important thing to understand. So, why are we blessed? Because of righteousness. We're persecuted for righteousness. We're persecuted for one reason righteousness, and that's why we're blessed. Do you understand that? We're not persecuted based off our political party, based off our Test scores, like if your parents put you in, you know, they ground you, that's not persecution. It's discipline, okay? If you gossip and you slander and you kind of are really cocky and arrogant and now people don't want to talk to you, that's not because of righteousness. Just because you tell it how it is in a mean way and now people kind of don't want to be around you does not mean that you're being persecuted for righteousness. We have to understand what Jesus is saying here righteousness means to be to do right for others and for God to do right for others and for God that means you're doing the right thing you're you're being the right person not just to others but to God understand that everybody is in a relationship with two beings you're in a relationship with a person not dating I'm not talking about dating or you're in a relationship to God so that's everybody the person who's never heard of jesus his relationship with god is seen in his relationship with others and that's the same if you do believe in jesus you now have an account you have you have to be held accountable for your lack of righteousness or your, your righteousness that you have so you are blessed if you're persecuted for righteousness doing the right thing if you are persecuted for doing the right thing or saying the right thing. I'll give you an example. Let's say, you know, you're in the locker room. I Remember when I was in the locker room, if you go to high school, the guy's locker room, you don't want to hear what they say. They say a lot of nasty things, perverted things, sad things, things that you don't want to repeat. Things that if girls knew what they said, they would no longer be dating that guy thing, right? They say those things. So when they start talking about girls... And they start talking about having sex with girls, start talking about this girl and that girl. You now have to jump in. If you don't jump in, if you don't agree with them, if you don't agree with them, you'll be mocked. But if you now disagree with them, you say, hey, man, we shouldn't talk about girls that way. That's not right with God. Dude, you'll you'll be called all types of names. You'll be outcasted you'll be ridiculed it's it's not a not a joke that literally happened to me it happened to me when I was young and I was trying to live for Jesus I was lukewarm but I knew that I shouldn't be talking with people about this stuff and I did sometimes I did other times I was a hypocrite but either way I tried to do it this time and what they called me they called me gay they called me virgin they called me loser they cussed me out uh, they said in all those things in different ways, but they pretty much have said the same thing in different uh, in, in different insults. Then there was another time where someone knew I was Christian in the locker room, and they said, bro, I hope your kid's gay. And I'm like, bro, what? I don't want my kid to be gay. No, you're because you're homophobic. Admit it. And I'm like, no, I, I, just, I don't want my kid to be gay. Well, I hope your kid is gay. Look, he's a homophobe. And I'm just like, bro, I was just changing. And he was supposed to be my friend, too, and he tried to make a big deal out of it. But now, if I was to say, well, yeah, I hope my kids get like, like a lot of these people today. Like, I hope my kids trans. I hope I get to change my kids' sex, right? I hope I get to do that, right? You, I, I could have wanted to fit in, but I said the right thing, and I did the right thing, and I ended up being persecuted for it. Now, understand, persecution doesn't look like persecution to the one doing the persecution. You understand that? So if someone's saying... Like, oh, you stupid Christian. Man, I hate you, bro. Why don't you go over there? Because this is literally what Dawkins said, this atheist. He said, if you ever see a Christian, you know, you should call him stupid, make fun of their Bible, make fun of them, and ridicule them all the way till they go back home. He said that. And people, thousands of people cheered him on. But yet, if we were to say, hey, bro, that's you're persecuting me. This is, this is persecution. They're like, I'm not persecuting you. Of course, they're not going to agree. They're persecuting you. People are not gonna think you're doing the right thing. You're not, they're not. So if you are being persecuted for righteousness and no one thinks you're doing the right thing, that's okay. Because you have someone now that's saying you're blessed. That's Jesus. So if you have been outcasted, if you have been ridiculed because you're not talking perverted, because you're not lying or, or cheating on a test, because you decide not to steal with your friends, you decide not to smoke. I remember I, I said this story before, but I remember my friends, they peer pressured me for an hour just to smoke a cigarette when I was in eighth grade. And literally, I, I, I took it, and then I, as soon as I gave it back to them, they started making fun of me. Because now, according to them, I was a hypocrite. So they persecuted me for doing it, persecuted, uh, persecuted me for not doing it. They persecuted me for doing it. Understand this. That is persecution. Because persecution is this, the ill treatment of someone based off their race, based off their religion, or based off their class. That's the definition according to the dictionary. But what Jesus is speaking about is persecution according to righteousness. So everybody say righteousness if you right are a let's say sons fan like Nathan and I start to say ha the son's lost he doesn't now say man I'm blessed being persecuted right no he doesn't get to say that this is for righteousness not for anything else So understand that that your ill temper, you being a jerk, does not equate to you being blessed because you're persecuted for that reason. When you stand up for what is right, despite people telling you you're wrong, and begin to mock you, ridicule you, hurt you physically and verbally, that's when you're blessed. Does that make sense, everyone? So you are blessed when you are persecuted for righteousness. Now, Jesus then says, blessed are you. Everybody say you. Everybody say you. Everybody say you. Just out of this one song. All right. So, blessed are you, right, when you are what? If we can go to the passage, when you're insulted, when people say all types of evil things, false things about you. Blessed are you, when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Listen, this stuff is not a joke. I remember on the day, I don't know if you guys, have, you guys should know about Nini's Deli and what happened that day. But I remember I was there. I got there a little late, you know. And all of a sudden there's this bald guy. He's an older gentleman. And he's just screaming these weird things. And he starts to say, hey, I know you. And he points to to one of the brothers that left the Dallas. He says, you're gay. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're gay. You work for CPS. I used to work there. And I heard you used to do X, Y, and Z in in, like the maintenance room. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're a liar. Repent. So bro just straight accused him, right? Literally 20 minutes later, he admitted he lied. He admitted like, yeah, I made that up because you're a bigot. And I was like, bro, you're a liar. Every time I saw him, I just said, bro, get out of here. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a slanderer. You got to understand is that people will falsely say all kinds of evil things about you. They said that I was adopted by black parents and that I had neglected them or something. And I was like, what in the world? It's because on that day, I wore a mask, and I had a hat. It was kind of low, so I probably could pass for a black dude that day. But either way, they said I was adopted by black parents, and I had forgotten where I came from, in a sense. And I was being racist. Then I had one dude scream in my face, and I said, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And he said, I'm a Buddhist. Just started screaming, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a Buddhist. Like, I was like, I was like, bro, what? Is people would do some crazy things. And, and, but. But understand this, why were they saying that? It wasn't because of anything that I had done. I literally got there, and this was the conversations that I was witnessing. It was on account of Jesus. It was on account of Jesus. People don't know the Bible in America. So when you begin to show them the Bible, they could be in church their whole life. They see a verse, they're like, oh, snap. I've thought completely different than what that verse has said. Because they've never been taught the Bible because churches and youth groups in America have failed this country. And I say youth groups because almost every person that has called themselves Christian has been in a youth group that does never addresses sin, that never addresses repentance, that never addresses the culture. So when they begin to be raised by television like Adventure Time and regular show, that stuff raised me when I was younger. You guys don't know about that because it was like right before you guys like probably watched what Clarence or something? No, not Clarence. You guys probably watch Steven Universe. What cartoons y'all got y'all watch? Huh? Huh? Cuba. Yeah, all right. Alright, so you guys are a little old school. But either way, the culture raises you. The culture raises you and it teaches you. You don't understand you're being taught. But some of the messages are good, right? Like Hey man, you shouldn't bully people or outcast people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's like, hey man, you know, you should never think anything is true, because nothing is true in this world. That's the type of stuff that Adventure Time be saying sometimes. They be trying to get deep, like weird. And I'm like, I'm like a kid, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, nothing's true in this world, right? You're right. Like, there's no truth, Jake. You're right. Right? And and you you begin to see this. So when the culture now sees the Bible that's in complete contradiction with what they believe, they end up saying, well, if you believe this, you're a bigot. You're a liar. You're like, literally, they'll call you all the types of names in the book. You even say, well, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I love Jesus. Then you'll say, well, Jesus said this. You're a hypocrite. You're a liar. And it's like, bro, I thought you just said you love Jesus. So understand this. That persecution is not just murder. Persecution and being uh, basically mocked and lied on, that, that's what, that you're blessed for that. You have a lot of people saying, Listen, just get over it, Christians. Get over it, Christians. Your way of life is over. Just get over it. You're supposed to be persecuted anyway. Listen. Right now, you're, you're, you're experiencing it. You're experiencing it. If you, if you try to share your faith in a public place, see, a lot of people aren't persecuted because they never really share their faith. They always keep it to themselves. They don't know if their friends would still like them if they knew they were that type of Christian. I guarantee you, if you got friends that know you're a Christian, begin to share just with them a few things. Share with them what you believe about Jesus and how he's the only way to heaven. That's the first thing you should share. Share with them, hey man, listen, you can't, it's not just by being a good person, it's not just by following some false religion, it's not just by being a Muslim, right? How many of you have Muslim friends? Share with them the gospel. They've never heard it, they're not allowed to hear the gospel. But how many of you know, as you begin to share, like, hey, Muhammad's a false prophet. Hey, listen, literally scripture teaches that sex and marriage, right, is for male and female. You begin to share those things, people will flip. Like, Jesus never said that. Jesus would never say that. you, you, You don't know the true Jesus as they cuss you out and begin to show you who their Jesus is. You see, persecution is the rejection as well it's the rejection not just rejecting you but rejecting your message telling you listen you're stupid your message doesn't belong here you don't belong here then they lie about you this is also persecution when we start to understand that that's when we'll actually start to be okay with it happening not okay like yeah man this is fun it's not fun it's not fun when people say all types of things about you. It's not fun when people reject you. That's never going to be fun. But what we, can we cling to? That we're blessed according to Jesus. So when Nate has to go back to school or he has to see people from his school, and they all know he works for Nini's, they all know that he loves Jesus, right? And they're going to say all types of things about him. They're going to make up things about him, that he's a, he's a thief, that he's a liar, They're going to try to ruin his reputation. But he can always call on the name of the Lord saying, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. People may curse you, but God blesses you. And that's what you have to understand. And I want you to know this is true for all of Christianity. This is not something that's been made up. Because Jesus says that rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So before even the first disciples, there was persecution of God's people. There was persecuted prophets. Elijah, he was threatened by the wicked queen Jezebel, right? Don't be a Jezebel. If you're a female here, don't be a Jezebel. Okay, amen? Amen? Don't don't abuse men. Abuse power and try to do things your way. Submit to the Lord, okay? And after his confrontation with her, the prophets of Baal of Mount Carmel uh, they attacked him and he had to ran, run for his life then there's the prophet Amos who was insulted by the chief priest at the sanctuary in Bethel and was told to never prophesy there again so he was kicked out of a sanctuary then there was Micaiah who had the courage to contradict a prophetic movement there was over 400 false prophets imagine 400 students in your class in your in your school right and they're all saying that Jesus is not the only way to heaven that If God is love, then he would not go against love, right? Then saying there is no hell, there is no heaven. Imagine 400 of your classmates are saying that. You're the only one there that disagrees and you speak up. Well, he spoke up and he got slapped in the face and thrown into prison. Then we had Ze- uh, Zechariah, the son of the Jehoiada priest, who was stoned to death for rebuking the people who turned aside to worship idols. And this was especially a heinous crime as his father, who helped King Joash, had been honored at his death for the good he had done for Israel and the good in his temple. So he, this guy was, had a lineage of prophets. And as this persecuted prophet lay dying... He felt that King Joash had particularly been unkind and exclaimed, May the Lord see and call you to account. So he had done something differently than his father, and the king was mad at him for it, for doing righteousness, for rebuking people, for worshiping a false god, and he was being killed for it. Then there is Hanai, the seer, reproved by King Asai. That means like insulted but King Asa for relying on the King Aram instead of the Lord. People relied on other things instead of the Lord, just like people were doing during COVID. Instead of relying on the Lord, they would rely on Lightfoot. Instead of relying on other churches, what would they do? Rely on Lightfoot, right? just, Just throwing it out there, okay? The government is not your Lord. You don't rely on the government to give you freedom, Okay, freedom has been purchased by Jesus. If you need to rely on the government to say you can sing in your home to worship the Lord, then there's something wrong. That's what California was saying, that you couldn't even sing in your own house with people around. You had to be quiet. Just, you just walk in the house. Don't even say hi. Just Right? No, that's ridiculous. So then there's Uriah, the king uh, uh, the, he, from uh, Jeremia. He was a man that prophesied in the name of the Lord, just like Jeremiah, who was another prophet, who was persecuted. Jeremiah was put in a gold, like a a bronze calf almost, that was under some fire. He was burned in it. It was like burned in a pot. He survived just to be persecuted some more, not just from kings, but from his family and his friends. And Uriah was put to death because he was a prophet like him. He even tried to escape to Egypt To get away from persecution. So listen, persecution isn't fun. It's not something that's like, yeah, let's get persecuted, guys. Let's just get, yeah, yeah, screamed at. Like, no, you don't want to get yelled at. You don't want to get screamed at. You don't want to get persecuted. He was trying to run away from it, but they captured him. They killed him after they arrested him. Yeah. Then there's John the Baptist who spoke about, it's like, you know, like, you know how Donald Trump, right, he was wicked, you know how Joe Biden is wicked, right, you know how Kamala Harris is a liar, all those people, right, just to let you know Kamala Harris is a liar, just want to let you know that, if you don't know that, just listen to what she said before, she got inaugurated as vice president, and what she's saying after, and I want to let you know, every president before has lied, (laughs) literally, we need prophets to speak about, speak up to leaders in our country, John the Baptist was one of them, I mean, we have young people. Listen, you guys, I'm talking to you because we had a young person, Greta, who showed an example how to speak up to power to, to people that are in leadership and rebuke them. Why can't we do it for their sin? Ashley flew in from a plane that day, right? Now, I'm pretty sure she rode a boat, but everyone else that she's talking to, including the people on her team, probably flew in in an airplane. But anyway, the hypocrisy is there. But either way, it's, it, the important thing is she rebuked them. You, as young people, you can rebuke people that are older than you, that are living in sin. I'm not saying to go to your parent now and be like, listen, you're a hypocrite, mom. What? Yeah, yeah, you heard me. You're a hypocrite. What? Yeah, you know what? You're always yelling at me because I always, you know, don't pick up the towels after the bathroom. But you didn't pick it up today. Hypocrite. Like, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, just like John the Baptist, when someone, when one of the leaders, Herod, he was supposed to be half-Jewish. He was supposed to keep the law. He married, he married, um, oh my, I forgot exactly who he married. He married his brother's wife. There you go. I was going to say his, his daughter, but that would be wrong. He married his brother's wife. That's some weird stuff, okay? But he did it. And Herod was rebuked by John the Baptist. John the Baptist ended up being beheaded. So, under, understand, people were being persecuted. But it doesn't just stop there. Everybody say, keep it going. Peter and Paul, Peter was, per, was crucified, but he said, crucify me upside down because I'm not worth being crucified like Jesus. Then Paul was beheaded. Andrew, he went to the land of man eaters, which is now the Soviet Union. This is all tradition, by the way, not in scripture. Uh, and he was crucified there. No, well, he's crucified in Greece. Thomas was possibly uh, most active in Syria, kind of towards India. He was preaching and he got killed by four soldiers who pierced him with spears. Philip, awesome brother, right? What did he do? He was killed in North Africa because he retaliated against the proconsul, like the government, and he was arrested and he was crue- uh, cruelly put to death. Then there's Matthew, the tax collector. He was stabbed to death in Ethiopia. Then there's Bartholomew, who had a widespread missionary uh, travel ministry. And he, right, Marius Count said that he met his death as a martyr for the gospel. Then there's James, the son of Alphaeus. He's uh, one of the three James listed in the New Testament. He, or the historians say, that he was stoned and clubbed to death. These are our 12 apostles, or 11 apostles, really, 12 including Paul. That means these are the, these are the pioneers of the Christian faith. It's no wonder one of the church fathers said this. Church fathers means an old dude from back in the day that was like one of the first Christians. He said that the seed of the church was the blood of martyrs. You guys know what a seed does, right? You put it in the ground. You ever planted anything, Hannah? No? You should do it. It's fun. It's fun. Plant something one day. You planted? you never planted anything? It's okay. Have you ever planted anything, Malia? When you plant a seed, what happens? It grows. If you water it, right? So the blood of the martyrs was the seed for the early church. It was a seed. That means when people were dying, right, seeds were being planted, and eventually they grew. Now, Christians were persecuted so bad. I mean, we had Simon. I haven't mentioned everybody. The only one that didn't die was John. I mean, he died, but he didn't die from persecution. Listen, persecution got so bad by the time of Nero, before the first hundred years. And it even, this wasn't even the worst. People were still being killed locally, like in small uh, portions, not by the thousands, like, as they did under another emperor. But there's a man named Nero. He was an emperor. And there's this thing called Roman candles. During events, they would put Christians and poles, and they wrap them up there, and they would put gasoline or oil on there and they would set it on fire to give light during these parties they would burn christians alive as a festivity the gladiators anybody ever heard of gladiator like the the roman Colosseums, they would throw christians in there to be killed by lions for sport matter of fact it was a christian that really helped abolish that horrible sport understand that christians have been persecuted For their faith. Why were they persecuted? Because they were bold. Because they practiced the Beatitudes and they spoke the word of God. See, the reason why persecuted Christians aren't seen as much in America is because they don't speak the word of God. We don't want to lose what we have with people, so we're willing to lose what we have with God. We don't want to offend people, but we'll we'll sure we'll sure offend God. We don't want to be insulted by people, so we rather insult God. See, that's why the church in America hasn't experienced the persecution that it has in other seas. But that's exactly why it will. That's exactly why it will. You see, because we've been so scared to lose our relationships with people, our friendships with people... We've stopped standing up for righteousness. We've stopped standing up for the gospel. We've said, I will not be insulted. I won't have anybody say anything against me because of Jesus. Listen, it's twofold, people. It's twofold. The righteousness and account of Jesus, that's twofold. Two different things. That means when there are people doing things wrong, you say, hey, this is wrong. And when you see people in that wrong, what do you say? Repent and follow Jesus. It's twofold. When people are telling you to get this way, but God has told you to go that way, and you go that way, and people are saying, no, we're going to make you go this way even when we have to break you. You break, and you still go that way. See, this is the problem with the church nowadays is because from a little Young, youngling, right, kids are told, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I wonder if kids would be singing, blessed are the persecuted, right, blessed are those who are insulted. It's not as ringy, right, not as catchy. You can make it catchy. But Christianity, this is what Paul said, if you are counted to be saved by Christ, you are to suffer with Christ. Suffering has been so ingrained with Christianity that it literally cannot be torn apart from it. Think about the cross. Uh, Malia, could you stand up real quick, please? Come up here and show everybody your shirt. Right, everybody's seen this shirt. It's the cross. Do you know how crazy it is that we wear this as fashion? Do you know how crazy it is that we had this is our religious symbol? Do you not know that this was the the key choice to kill people and torture them in the first century? This, right, the cross. Go ahead, Malia. You can sit back down. Thank you. So people literally were persecuted. And they were put on that cross. That became the symbol of Christianity within like 300 years, 400 years. That's the symbol. It is so ingrained. Literally, Paul is saying that all he wants to preach is the cross and Christ crucified. Right? Christ crucified. Just think about that. That is ingrained in us. So how can we say now, I want to live a comfortable life, I don't want to offend anybody, when Christ himself offended everybody. Christ even offended his own brother and mother. He said, if you, if you do the will of my Father who sent me, then you are my brother and my mother and my sister. Jesus was willing to offend anybody and everybody not because he was wanting to be a jerk like man i just want to screw someone screw someone's day up today i just want to make someone sad today jesus wasn't saying that he did the will of god and the will of god never is in agreement with the will of man and if someone's not doing the will of god they're doing the will of man and the will of man is an angry will it's a very very angry will it's a very Easy to, it's a very shiftless will. You kind of just do whatever the will of God isn't doing at that point. That's why if you ever get in an argument with an atheist, a Muslim, and, and some person that literally doesn't know who they are at that point, they're not arguing with each other. They're arguing with you as the Christian. Because the will of, my, will of man is always against the will of God. Always. So when we look at the Beatitudes, that's the will of God. Matter of fact, that's Jesus' life right there. Literally, Jesus' life, he painted it for us in those Beatitudes. If you want to see Jesus in your life, if you want to be like Jesus in your life, and you're trying to avoid the Beatitudes, then you're never going to see Jesus in your life. If you are trying to go on tiptoes and not offend anybody and be like, man, you know, I just can't tell them this, that they're in sin, because if I do, they will stop being my friend. Oh, can't tell them. That Jesus is the only way. That they need to repent and turn from the sins. Oh, can't tell them this. Like, if you're going to do that, you're never going to see Jesus in your life. Never. You're never going to receive that blessing. Never. Now, I do want to clarify this as Melanie comes up. We're not seeking to be persecuted. Okay. So I know we have a lot of people that go out to evangelism, right? And you guys, you guys love evangelism. We've had Gia. She's had beer being poured out on her with, uh, with some of the other ladies. Uh, I think Jocelyn was there. Josie, were you there? Did you have beer poured on you too or no? It was the whole group, right? Right. They got so mad at the preaching that they poured beer on them. I kid you not, we went to this place, and I didn't even mention homosexuality. Everyone was saying, I'm a bigot, and I hate homos. That don't make any sense. I hadn't even mentioned it. They brought it up to me. And I had to debate how, without even mentioning that, then I had to mention it. People will hate you on account of Jesus. Are you ready for that? You don't now seek the persecution. You don't now say, hey, listen, I like like just run up out of nowhere and be like, man, I, you guys are all sinners. Yeah, you know, God hates you. God does this or whatever. Like, no, there's a, there's a correct way to do it, right? There's a correct way to get persecuted. It's just preaching the gospel, just preaching the gospel, calling people out of their sin, and that's it. You don't know all of a sudden start to make fun of people. Like if someone rejects you, you don't say, man, that's why you ugly. Jesus didn't say that. If someone rejects you, you'd be like, man, bro, that's why you alone in your life and you got nothing. (laughs) Whoa. whoa, whoa. Calm down. I almost did that before too. I gave a flyer to this dude. I'm like, hey, man, Jesus loves you. He's like, psych. And I was like, yeah, psych you, boy. And then I was like, wait, hold up, hold up. That's not even me. That's not even me. That's the flesh. No. blessed are those who are persecuted. When you receive this persecution, you're not running after it. You're not running after it. It's a response that the culture has towards the gospel. You're just in the middle of it. That's the truth. You elevate. You guys are in the middle of a culture and kingdom. You're in the middle of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. See, the kingdom of man wants to do what man wants to do. And that doesn't really look as clear. So it's not always going to be as clear when you look at it through your eyes. You got to look at it through the scripture, the lies of Jesus. Because sometimes they'll be saying things, they're like, man, yeah, I agree with that, man. Yeah, the Me Too movement? For sure, yeah. Yeah, women shouldn't be sex objects. They shouldn't be. You shouldn't look at women like that. And then they'll bring it up. Modesty, yeah, modesty but modesty is wrong. Yeah, yeah, modesty is wrong. Modesty is wrong because you can't tell a woman how to dress. So what if a woman wants to walk around topless? That's dumb. Her body, her choice. You see how the kingdom of man can shift that? The same movement that you saw good in can also be used for evil. But the kingdom of God is for the pure in heart. There's no, there's no, there's no wickedness. There's no deception. So right now, you are in the middle of it. The kingdom of man and the kingdom of God you have a choice do you want the blessings of this world or do you want to be accounted among those Jesus has already blessed if everyone can stand up please and if I can have my altar workers come up so those who are persecuted because of righteousness and on account of Jesus y'all blessed you guys are blessed and the you that he's, Jesus is talking to are the disciples. He's saying these disciples, they're blessed. Listen, and it's not easy, like I said. It's not like Gia that day was like, yeah, man, I can't wait for beer to be thrown on my head. That's just how I want my day to go. That's just how I want my day to go. When I was preaching with TJ, the dude who told me I wanted, uh, if I wanted acid... I called him a liar because he lied in the conversation, and he got so angry, he began to like shake, like he was about to swing on me, now I mean, I, I think I could have took him, but that wasn't the point, like I can't take everybody, but I looked at I didn't I did do the, I could take him, but I wasn't gonna take him, I would let him steal off me a couple times, then, then, I don't know about that, I don't know, I had to defend myself, I can't have TJ roasting me like that, but either way. He got mad at me, screamed in my face, and he said, you know what, F you, you midget. And I'm like, what? <laughs> or he called me, what did he call me, a dwarf? What did he call me? He called a hobbit. He said, hobbit, like from Lord of the Rings. And I said, I didn't even know how to respond to that. But I kid you not, I got a little upset. I was like, bro, let me go in him now. And like, I literally was thinking of comebacks in my mind. But then I was just like, nah, I'm going to let him go. And he started cussing me out and saying, you know what, I'm about to snort a whole bunch of, and then he realized he was on video, and he realized how stupid he sounded, and he's like, and he just walked away. You see, when people persecute you, you're blessed. You don't need to retaliate. You don't need to go at them. The comeback is here. You're blessed. That's the comeback. You don't have to get the upper hand, and I know that's hard for a lot of us, because as a man, as a man, you don't want no one to talk bad about you. You know, growing up, you're told, like, hey, don't let nobody say anything wrong about you. Don't let anyone say anything wrong about you, your mom. That's what I, no one talks about my mom. That's how I grew up. Got in the fights because of that. I'm pretty sure some of you guys can relate. But the gospel, the gospel doesn't offer retaliation. What it offers is blessing. We don't serve a God who, who, when he was struck, he struck back. We don't serve a God who was whipped, so he whipped back. We serve a God who was killed and he rose again. You see, the blessing that Jesus is offering, we have evidence that it's true because we look at his life. So I want you guys all, with your, your heads bowed, eyes closed, listen, if I'm, like I'm saying, this is not easy. This is all by the grace of God. This is all, this is a, there's a reason why a lot of people left Jesus. This is not an easy life. It's not a possible life. This is an impossible life without the God who does the impossible. The Beatitudes is not a life that anybody would want to live if Christ hadn't lived it already. This is not for you to look good because you're not going to look good following Jesus. You're not going to look good. Eventually, you're going to look bad. You're going to look like the bad guy. You're going to look like the person that no one wants to be around. And you, not saying you have to be okay with it, but you have to rejoice. You have to be glad in it. So if you want boldness to be willing to be persecuted, if you want boldness, you've been afraid, you've been ashamed, you've been scared, you've been running away, You've been saying I don't want to preach the gospel because I know they'll be this way. I don't want to act this way because I know they'll treat me this way. They'll reject me. Listen, you need to come up if you're re- if you're ready to be persecuted on account of righteousness and on account of Jesus. Listen, I want you to begin to pray right now. Okay, so that's two things. If you want boldness, come up. And if you have now, if you have been persecuted, I want you not to pray. If you're, if you're like, I'm ready to be persecuted. I'm ready for this. I've counted the cost. I want you to begin to pray for those who have persecuted you or for those that you feel like might persecute you. And if need be, come up to the front because we want to make sure that you're, that you're bold, you're ready. Boldness is not saying, hey man, I'm not a little nervous. There isn't that, that feeling of like, oh man, this is going to be crazy. No, boldness is saying, I'm going to face it with the Lord. Boldness is saying, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I won't be discouraged. When you have to tell your friends to repent, when you have to tell your only good friends to repent, it requires courage. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Listen, I want you guys to pray now. I know a lot of you have also continue to sin because you're afraid to be persecuted for righteousness the people around you are sinning so you want to sin to fit in I want to let you know right now I want to let you know right now you are not blessed if you keep in that lifestyle you are cursed you are cursed you are under the same curse that they are now under preach to them win them but do not sin with them stand up for righteousness stand up for righteousness As Melanie begins to sing, I want you guys to begin to pray. Pray for those who have persecuted you. Gia, pray for those people that drop beer on you. Pray for them. All the ladies that were with them uh, with her as well. Lord, I lift up to you that man. I pray that he be saved, God. That he repent of his drug addiction, Lord. And come to know you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for all those people that attack Nini's. We pray that they would repent. That they would be saved, God. Come on, it's all for his glory. He's worthy of every tribe and tongue. He's worthy of your life. He's worthy of your life. He's the one that provides the blessings. He's worthy of your life. He's worthy of your life. Fernando, he's worthy of your life. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy. The power of life and death is in his hand, not theirs. Hallelujah. Blessed are the persecuted. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. hallelujah don't be ashamed we have to go. hallelujah we Lord give us boldness go God give us boldness to declare your gospel to declare your blood blood to Lord. We're not of the gospel Lord hallelujah let me I want you to come up here real quick oh, if we can play softly we're not of the gospel. we can play a little bit lower